Johnny joins me to review the Ryder Cup, where we saw the U.S. completely overwhelm the European team, winning by 10 points. We give our thoughts on each side, some of the players, some of the pairings, and what we expect going forward. Then we also preview and discuss the highly anticipated Sanderson Farms Championship this week in Jackson, Mississippi. We go through the odds, give you some guys we like, and break it all down right here, coming up. Welcome to your best bets, Ryder Cup review, and... The much-anticipated Sanderson Farms preview show. Uh, Ryder Cup went uh, as I thought it might. I don't know what uh, our guest thinks tonight. Johnny Strauser is here. Johnny, the U.S. has the Ryder Cup once again, and it wasn't that much fun to watch, uh, at least on Sunday. No, it wasn't. I mean, it it was pretty well locked down by... You know, I would say the morning session of of Saturday. So it was a very anticlimactic event. Um, the you know obviously that was uh, made it for you know, not very good viewing when they had to go toe to toe with football. But uh, it was it was an unbelievable dominant performance by the United States team. And you know if if you were just rooting for the victory, you know it couldn't have gone any better. But then again, yeah, we were hoping for a little bit more action. But that that American team was was it was impressive as hell. Yeah, I guess to start, let's start with where we uh, our our show last week, uh, the Ryder Cup preview show, and I, I think both of us like the U.S. I think I like the U.S. a lot more because I I saw what the ceiling could be of this team as far as just the. You know, I talked about the talent gap between uh, the U.S. and Europe, and it really did play itself out when you think about Scotty Scheffler basically being the 12th guy on this team and you know, being matched up against John Rahm and singles and, and really just dominating the match. I think that, that right there showcased the depth the U.S. team had, and it really started from the morning session on Friday when they jumped out to a three to one lead in foursomes, they, they piled on another three to one session Friday afternoon. And I think at that point it was almost game set match um, when it was six to two Friday night. And I think we were talking about it, like where, where's this going to end? What's going to be the final margin? I did not see 19 to nine, um, but I'm, I'm not necessarily surprised because of the talent the U S had and just the lack of depth Europe had, and I think the age, their age kind of showed through as well. Um, and then even some of the guys, um, you know, that they really counted on to um, really come through for them. And, and guys that we talked about, we said, hey, if they're going to contend, Rory, Rahm, and Hovland got to play great. Well, they got one out of the three, and, and I think that was kind of the reason for the huge gap. Absolutely, um, they were definitely they were definitely far less talented, um, but they, they've been that way for a number of years. They've always talked themselves in as the underdog, and they just seem to always play. But yeah, 
one of my bets that I had that I thought was a, a pretty safe one was um, the European team winning the morning session on Saturday. Because I think you could see the talent. You could see with the crowd on their side, with all the adrenaline and emotion for uh, for the United States, um, them jumping out to a, a lead. And they've done that before in the morning sessions. Uh, I think in Paris they were... What three one and then lost the next five or something or three nothing and then they lost the next five. Um, I figured there was going to be a comeback there, um, you know, with the American team letting off the gas a little bit, you know, which had traditionally happened under um, you know under other whether they're captains or players or whatever. But you know, looking at this team from top to bottom, um, you've seen basically your twelfth guy in Scotty Scheffler. Um, boat racing uh world number one john rom on that on that sunday that was uh that, that was very impressive performance front to back and what i really really liked about it was they they stepped on the gas from the start they played hard they played well and they didn't let up and that's a lot of times what seems to happen is is like the sole focus of the american teams in the early 2000s was to get out to that lead and then the Europeans, which traditionally play best with their backs to the wall there, will kind of turn the momentum their way and then and then take off basically. So this was uh, this was as I think Pat Cantley said, this is a new era of American golf of these Ryder Cup teams. And I think you you saw these guys like Patrick Cantley, who I think was one of the team leaders. Um, who's normally a very soft-spoken um, guy? Um, as he won the FedEx Cup, he's been, become, you know, his personality or his, I guess his uh, his interviews have become a lot more articulate and uh, um, yeah, you know, a little bit more personality showing. And him with all the fist pumps and just the um, put the gas down and just, you know, basically destroy their will to to want to you know to succeed there i think that kind of uh got everybody's confidence up and and the, and the european team which you know knew they were going to struggle um keeping up with uh with the horses on the american team they just they just didn't have it i mean the guys who you kind of hoped would play well rory uh hovland um terrell hatton who hadn't been playing well you know they always talk about ian poulter who who uh seems to always get hot that just simply did not happen. So, quite the uh, quite the performance, and I was impressed by a lot of the American players how they they pretty much stepped up and uh, um, took it personally for the beatings that the U.S. team has gotten in the past, and, and really, uh, really, really made a statement with uh, with how it worked out this weekend. Yeah, uh, two things on Pat Cantley. Uh, one uh, a golf digest writer that i follow on twitter you know mentioned um at the tour championship before it started that you know cantley was given a presser and he was like man this 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 guy's got a lot of great thoughts and you know he's like where was this guy i guess winning's a hell of a drug right now he's he's this you know kind of uh, I guess budding superstar in the game. Um, you and I have known about him for years, so this isn't a surprise. I think I think this was always where he was going to end up um, uh, in his career. And second of all, he might be like 
the serial killer dude. I mean, he was talking about he wanted to get the record. He wanted to get to 20. Um, mm-hmm. he, you know, he outwardly said that after the round. I thought that was pretty cool. So, yeah, Cantley is, is just a low-key killer. I love it. Uh, let's talk about some of the, the, the surprises um, that we saw throughout the week um, and specifically some pairings. You know, we, we – you, Zach, and I, we debated, what, a good 15, 20 minutes uh, on the preview show about uh, pairings on each side. I, I, We got a couple right, obviously, the Xander-Cantley pairing, um, JT and Spieth, but uh, those pairings were, were broken up a little bit as well. Um, we saw Xander pair with DJ. Uh, we saw JT pair with Cantley. Spieth go with Brooks. Um so I think that just showed the flexibility of the U.S. side, and, and, and apparently that was part of Stricker's plan all along. Um, the DJ Morikawa pairing is, um, I mean, that that might be they might be onto something even for the next one in Rome. Those two guys pair great. DJ with a a bit of a maybe a legacy defining week as far as Ryder Cup goes for him, uh, going five and zero. On the other side, I thought Harrington made some mistakes. I don't know if it mattered though, you know, with with what we talked. I don't. I, just, I don't think there was anything he could have done that was going to result in Europe not getting their ass beat this week, uh, really. Except Rory and Hovland playing a little bit better, and it, it might have been seventeen eleven, something like that. But you know, benching Rory in the the morning session on Saturday, understandable. But you know, when you trot out Westwood and Fitzpatrick as as a the group enforcements your anchor enforcements i just you know i'm like what's what's going on with that i was surprised we didn't see lowry and mcelroy being you know what rory claimed best friends um we didn't see that or or, or were they paired throughout the week we, they, Did I miss they that? were they were paired uh okay once uh, okay i think afternoon. once that's right because i think rory got poulter twice um yes um I thought we might see Hovland and Rory or, or Hovland and Rom and just, you know, one of those mega duos. But, of course, Rom pairing with Sergio made sense, and, and they were great. They were nearly unbeatable. But I, I was I was expecting a different pairing for Hovland at least. Um, what were some, some thoughts you had on the pairings on both sides? Well, you know, I, I think one that was just literally right under our nose that we hadn't even suspected until um, – we saw the, the the practice round pairings, which was after the pod was created. Was was the DJ Morikawa group? I mean, that you know, we, we knew how good JT and Spieth were from how well they played in Paris, but we knew how good Cantlay and, and Xander would be with how they played um, in the Presidents Cup in Australia. But this might have been even better than both of those. I mean, you know, it was. you know their games complemented each other very very well and you know the 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 other good thing about that is a guy like dj when he's you know when he's hitting his driver well and he's and he's confident with his putter there's a lot of guys that you can pair him with i mean he's he's got that kind of you know that very laid-back attitude um you know where he he seems to, to work well so like that was something that really impressed me. I, I did like the Bryson Scheffler pairing. Um, I think to, uh, Scotty Scheffler uh, he made the team because of that. I mean, they needed someone that would would work with Bryson and and how Bryson handled the whole Ryder Cup situation there in the United States was uh, 
uh, it was really, really good. So, I mean, that, that, that worked out good. And Scheffler played, he stepped up, played great. Um, there was, there wasn't a lot that Steve Stricker could do wrong, but one thing I really appreciated what he did though, um, is he did have a plan to play all 12, uh, at least once both days. DJ was the only guy who got five matches in and, and that was, you know, he stuck to it. He was confident with his, uh, with his guys that he was playing in. We questioned between each session, um, him breaking up some pairings, but he obviously knew what he was doing and it worked out really, really well. (laughs) Conversely with, with Harrington, um, I think he was a little too laid back and trusting with his players. And I, and I know he told, uh, Steve Sands, uh, on the first tee, um, during the telecast that he was trusting his guys and, and, uh, you know, he, he was confident with it, but you, you gotta, you gotta know that he knows he doesn't have the horses to hang with that, uh, with, with the U S 12 there. So, you know, one disappointing thing I, I have that, that I think was just, uh, completely egregious was not only with not pl- playing Rory um, that Saturday morning round, but not pairing him with Hovland. Like he did mention about playing with with uh, with Lowry, and I didn't mind Lowry playing in the afternoons because that's when it was windy out there. He's a fantastic wind player, but get him and um, you know get him and Hovland because you've got to you know maybe that would have kind of sparked um, you know. Rory to play a little bit better there, and because you've really got to look, work on winning the points when you can. If you separate your good players and kind of try to hide the bad ones with the good ones, th- this American team is just too good. So, you know, I, I think he made a lot of a lot of mistakes there, trusting his guys and wanting to get everybody in, and it it, it may not have paid off, but you know, who knows? You know, they could have gotten some momentum here and there with, uh, with, I think with some less questionable decisions. It's a great point about, uh, Scheffler. Uh, the, I think one of us did mention about him and him and Bryson pairing well together. And, and Scotty seems like a guy that could play with any, any other guy on the, on the team, but he seemed to be a, a pretty natural fit with Bryson and it was a perfect four ball pairing. Um, it allowed Bryson to just really get freed up. And, um, you know, I want to talk about guys that, that, you know, maybe gained some fans this week and, and Bryson's at the top of my list. And, you know, we know what, what happened on, on Friday with the f- nearly 420 yard drive, um, you know, and, and then on Sunday, off the first tee, drives the green, holds a forty footer for eagle against Sergio, and it was it was awesome. I mean, it was like that's what the Ryder Cup is. You know, it's an ex, it's an exhibition, but it's it's perfect for Bryson to show off all these things he can do. And sure, he's going to hit a few off the map, and he's going to make some bogeys or double bogeys. And, but in four ball, when you have a reliable partner like Scheffler, it doesn't matter, and he can go out there and make seven, eight birdies, and he had a great week. Uh, you know, he didn't lose a match, two and a half points, and it seemed like he really embraced the, you know, the whole Ryder Cup concept and the fans. You know, it seems like for at least this week they are back on his side. Um, so, you know, I, I think that was cool for Bryson. Um, 
you know, one of the Euros that I think probably picked up a few fans this week, Shane Lowry, I think, you know, with, with that putt he made on, on Saturday, you know, it was inconsequential to the final result, but it was, you know, these guys still care. They still are playing for pride. Even, even if they're going to lose, you know, um, you know, the team, um, battle but his you know him winning the 18th hole on on saturday and and four ball was was a really cool moment uh one of the few matches that went to 18 (laughs) really the whole week um guys that maybe i don't know i don't want to say lost fans but had some negative uh negative comments throughout the week um at least from a fan's perspective i know on on there was some European Twitter that I saw that really, they just, they hate JT. Um, and I get it because I, I think I, I texted you that he was, you know, acting like a, like a Duke point guard and which is usually the most hated athlete in <laughs> America uh, during college basketball season. But he has this way of getting under your skin, you know, with he's over exuberant and he, you know, he did the, you know, the, the, the thing with this putter where, you know, he showed it was yeah. inside the grip and they, they didn't give him the, uh, they didn't give him the putt, but he can really get under your skin, kind of like an American Pulitzer, but he's just much, much better. Um, so those are a couple on both sides that I saw. What was your thoughts on Bryson, JT, um, a- any of those guys? Yeah, I, I do want to talk about Bryson. I mean, that was kind of his coming out. We'll see how long this lasts. So, because, you know, we've got to also remember that this was, you know, on United States soil. Patrick Reed was a celebrated guy multiple times at this event and, and you know, loved by American fans for three days. So, you know, it's it's where you take off from this because Reed would go back to being Patrick Reed. So Bryson, we'll see. I mean, he, he loves the the positive accolades he loves the positive attention um i think what this has done over the past couple years is his his nerdiness and just kind of awkward (laughs) personality and stuff has has, is the reason why it's made him into uh such a a dislike person like you know he's made comments where he'd spend well deserved as far as uh, you know, be perceived negatively. So, this is a, uh, an opportunity where it, it they they could embrace him because it's it's a great format. Um, yeah, like you said, that fit his game. And I, I'm still not happy that tee shot on five, that 417 yard drive. I don't think Golf Channel has still showed it yet. Maybe they have uh, in live from, but I had to watch it on the internet there. So, but yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I will say that tee shot on one though, and um, had the crowd going. Pulls out driver, drives the green, and, and makes eagle. And it was like, this is one of the the, the neatest Ryder Cup moments I've seen in, in in quite a while. There, so you know that's that's that that's going to be him. We'll see where he takes it from there. He could end up being, you know, where they call him Brooksy, and he gets, you know, you know, he gets to be where you know, I hate it again. But I hope not because right. I don't mind a guy being a heel, but. I think American golf fans got it got it wrong. You know, they they like Brooks because he's a bro, and they don't like Bryson because he's he's a nerd. And it's just kind of you know American sports uh, defined into uh, into into golfing terms there. So we'll see. But very very cool to see uh, um, that. Um, we already talked about Cantley. I really liked uh, how how that worked out there. Um, he just kind of became 
that that leader and I think I just hope his I hope that that personality comes out and he becomes more appreciated by the the casual golfing fan um JT though that's interesting I never totally viewed it as that but he is kind of you're right like Ian Poulter he's almost that set Seve Ballesteros guy where he's just He'll grind it out, and he's he's really really good. And if he's not happy about something, especially in the Ryder Cup, I, um, he was always a vocal guy about that. And the the, the putter thing. Now, what you're saying is is in, in match play for for people who didn't watch the Ryder Cup. In match play, you can concede putts, you can give putts. It's just what you do on Saturday mornings with your buddies. You know, if it's from two feet, ah, pick it up. It's a gimme. Well, they do that in uh, in match play. And generally, the from the length of the putter to the bottom of the grip is inside the leather is what they call it. And, you know, generally a pro is going to make those, so they just give them to each other. Well, the, you know, with the wind and everything like that, they, there was no reason to give these guys putts. And JT didn't like it. And, you know, he's I think he can kind of be that uh, little bit of a prick there. And he didn't like it, so he kind of... <laughs> sized his putter up and showed that he was inside the leather and should have been given to him. And I think when the next day or the next session, Shane Lowry did that as a joke, you know, where it was right. even shorter. And then you saw Bryson, he actually laid the putter, the putter head inside of the cup and laid it on the ground to make it even worse there. But, uh, you know, that's just the stuff that goes with, uh, uh, with the Ryder Cup. You know, it got a little bit edgy with uh, the back and forth there, but I, I don't mind it. And my thing on gimmies is is they, they shouldn't be allowed at all. There should be no question. And you know what? You shouldn't get mad about it. Just step up, make it, and you know, you don't have to give the next guy the putt if you don't want to. So, you know, yeah. it, it made it kind of interesting. It I wish it would have gotten a little bit more chippy on that Sunday, but at that point I think the European team yeah. was just kind of defeated, ready to move on and, you know, take the trip back, uh overseas there because they you know it was at that point they're just trying to get to 10 points and 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 you know make it uh, have a little bit of pride here and there but uh you know it, it was interesting it uh, uh you know glad the fans were there and everything like that to to really drum up that atmosphere and i i liked how both sides there was some personalities that were coming out um because you like to see that you know these these you know you don't want them to be you know, robots all the time where they're they're not showing emotion. And I think you could really, as a as a as an American and fan of the American team, I, I loved it when they showed their emotion. You really outwardly saw how much they wanted to win this thing. Yeah, it's it, it's it's what makes the Ryder Cup different from any other tour event and uh it's it's the players emotion it's the chippiness which we didn't see a lot of um you know because the just the separation between the two teams but you know that's all part of what makes the Ryder Cup great you know the the little stuff that JT did there was a moment between Spieth and um Adam Hayes, Rom's caddy, on Saturday, I believe, and their and their four ball where Rom hit in the water, and they were debating the drop, and and Spieth was you know got a little chippy between he and his caddy, but there weren't there weren't a lot of moments because it just it was such a blowout from the start, and uh, 
you know that's 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 the downside. I'm I'm really glad the U.S. won. I'm glad they won going away. But this event is really really fun when it's close and and you when you can feel the tension and and everyone's nerves that are it's like palpable. Uh, like Medina 2012 was. I mean that's the last tight one we've had, and, and really it's it's the only tight one we've had in the last I guess I guess 08 was a little bit like that as well in Valhalla, but. Um, there just hasn't been a lot of close ones the last few years. Um, I, 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 the next step here is, is Rome in 2023, and when you know the U.S. goes on the road, and they haven't won a, a road game since '93, uh, I believe, um, which is crazy. That's 30 years. I mean, that's yep. that's. I mean, that's that's hard to believe. But I know Speed talked about it at, at, at the. Um, you know, the post game presser was, uh, you know, talking about you know that's that's the real challenge and and he's confident that it, this same group of guys can go get it done there uh two more things on the Ryder cup and then we'll we'll close it out and for another two years which is just really just really fucking sad that we got to close this this book already but um rory um you know we know he had a pretty miserable week he he salvaged a little bit on sunday beating xander in the leadoff match but um you know all the emotion that came out of him afterward it was really crazy because i was thinking man can you imagine tiger woods being this vulnerable you just can't you could never even envision something like that happening you know on the back of the green where the match just finished um you know rory just letting loose tears flowing um i mean it's it's why everyone is really uh, endeared to Rory and his personality because he is so free with his thoughts and his emotions, and you know he's a real believable human being, and and I think that's why people gravitate toward him and root for him. Um, you know, maybe not this week, but almost every other week. Um, I wonder if this is going to be. Um, maybe a turning point for him in his career. He, you know, he's, you know, he's not young anymore. He's not old, but he's he's right in the middle. And you know, I think maybe at some point, some version of him could see, you know, the finish line down the road, and and maybe this will be the start of a second act. You know, this this post Ryder Cup, um, you know, maybe this will be some motivation for him to, you know, get his game together and make a push for in 2022. Uh, we'll see your thoughts on Rory. I, I, I hope so. Um, I've never, I've never disliked him at all. Um, never really in, not in a Ryder Cup, but I've never rooted against him in a, in a tournament, but it was, you know, it's kind of what, it's kind of what you want wanted to see every time the American team gotten got beaten down, and not necessarily moved to tears or you know to to the extent that that Rory was was that emotional, but where he you know where he took it personally, and you know he just enjoyed the team aspect of it and, and everything like that. And you hope that this this is something, yeah, where it just gets him on the right track. Because I, I think he's always cared a lot, and mainly about his own personal golf game and winning major championships and everything like that. But you know, something hopefully will will click with him. Um, you know, hopefully that'll be this year um, and or the, this this upcoming season. 
and, and we'll see big things from him. Because yeah, you're right. You know, this guy had double digit major championships written all over him, possibly. And you know, now it's like, well, is it going to end up happening again? Because you see all these these young younger players coming uh, coming out of the tour and and you know being ready to play and being successful and everything. So. You know, that, it's, that was cool to see that in the end there, that, you know, him being completely vulnerable. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, Tiger almost, you know, when they were when he was the President's Cup captain, kind of almost did that after they won, you know, when talking about That's him, true. Uh, uh, you know, him benching himself for Saturday and trusting his guys to, to do it. So, you know, it's one of those things that, yeah, maybe that will kind of refocus him or, you know, reprioritize uh, his golf game, and you know, and, and maybe maybe that'll lead to to some good things because as great as he is, and honest and forthcoming in the press conferences, and and not only speaking about golf but just about things in general, it, it it's more fun to see him you know dominating the golf course because that's just we've seen it before, and it's it's just an incredible sight because he he's as talented as any player that we've ever seen in our you know, in our generation. Right. So, yeah, we'll see if that's something that that's that's going to be going forward. Um, hopefully, we can. You know, that that this is the sign, or a, you know, this means good Rory maybe around the corner here because it would be nice to see. Because when was the last time he's won a major? And we were you looking at like seven, eight years. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, well, twenty fourteen PGA. So yeah, we just passed the seven year mark. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, we 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 could say every year, yeah, oh, you know, over under majors of zero point five, you know, that you think he's got to be able to win it because he's <laughs> just as good, he's just as talented as any of these, uh, any of these, you know, the young guys that are, that are five, six, seven, eight years younger than him. But you know, maybe there, there's something obviously going on, and and maybe this is uh maybe this is hopefully a sign of good things to come for him. Yeah, it was just so jarring to see him in, in the team matches, the three team matches. None of his matches got to the 16th hole. It was, uh, I think I saw in, in a 30-hole stretch, he didn't make a birdie. I mean, and guys were mm. lighting it up. A guy like you know DJ was making seven, eight birdies around, Morikawa, Rom. So it's it, it was it was just an interesting week for him. Um Last point on the Ryder Cup. So we know that this this U.S. team is loaded. A lot of these guys are in their mid to late 20s or early 30s. Um, this seems to be the core for next year's President's Cup, and, and then especially in Rome in 2023. Who are the two or three guys that won't be on this team? Oh, and who, who, who are a couple guys that, that we might see, um, you know, replace those guys? I got my names already lined up here. Goodness, that's it. it it's it's hard because they're all seem to be set up for some long term success. I, I mean, right. I think you got to look at you know, and I, I hate calling out any of these guys because it's it's just so hard. But you know, you look at Harris English at thirty two years old. He's in his golfing prime, but you know, he was he's basically. A year ago, he was going to lose his tour card. So, you know, he's been putting excellent and everything like that. You know how when that putter goes cold uh, for these uh, for these top level guys, how they can immediately drop down the board. So he would probably be the the obvious one. 
Um, I mean, I don't know if I could really, you know, I don't. It's it's real hard to say. I mean, would you say Tony Finau? I mean, I think Scheffler's going to be in it long term. Um, he could end up being a, a kind of a fringe guy, but I think his good golf is is coming. You know, is yeah. still yet to be played here. So I think he's just coming into his own. But you know, you look at the, yeah. the top bit of guys. You know, everybody's pretty strong. Brooks Kepka just with the injury history. Um, right. You know, right. you hope that he's going to be healthy, but you know, he he probably if I had to bet, other than English, he he'd probably be it just because physically. You know, if, you, if if the body's starting to break down, and then you just look at guys, you know, incoming here. Um, you know, obviously Sam Burns, we've talked about quite a bit. Um, he he's a guy I think on the, on the cusp. Um, I think he's on. Uh, you know, he's set up for a breakout season this year. Um, and then you just hope some of these younger guys, maybe uh, Matthew Wolf, figures it out because he's as talented right. as, as, as the next. So that's a good question right. on, on who. Who's available? The the guys though, and I will, I'll, I'll just say this part of it: um, the guys who I don't hope make the team are your Reeds, your Kevin Nas, right? Your Kevin Kisners, these guys. Because I mean, can you imagine Kevin Nas, this is twelfth guy, if he draws John Rahm in in, in the Presidents Cup or in the in the Ryder Cup <laughs> singles match? I'm not saying. I mean, he would probably be that type of edgy guy that would throw Rahm maybe off his game, but also maybe not but it's just those guys you know like i said reed right nah kids those guys can't hang with uh you know scotty shuffler when he's playing well yeah i'm i'm glad the stricker captain's pick really validated themselves this week and shuffler really he paid it off i mean and, and beating the number one player alone in his prime when he was a tour de force this week it might just earn him his his ticket to rome no matter what um although i i think scheffler scheffler has a ceiling of a top 10 player um on tour um i i i had four names written down for the u.s side i had english one i had burger two um I had Finau three and then Brooks four for the same reason you had Brooks and, and Berger. We've seen his game kind of come and go before. Um, you know, I think there was a good two year stretch where I think he fell out of the top 40 or top 50. You know, he's had a great last 18 months. Um, but I don't know if he has the type of game to, you know, stay in the top 15, top 20, like these other guys, like a, like a JT, Cantley, Xander, um, uh, and to potentially, you know, find a spot, you know, I'd love to see Matthew Wolf in there. Um, I, I thought there was a chance he might be on this team, but everything that happened to him with the, you know, all the mental health stuff he was dealing with the last year, it kind of took him out of a, a, a potential pick, but he's clearly got the talent in the game. I mean, he is made for four ball and he might be made for four ball with Bryson. I mean, can you imagine going up against those guys? Um, uh, Burns, oh, yeah. of course. And, uh, uh, Zalatoris would be another young guy that I think you'd have to look at. Um, I mean, so that, you know, when we were talking last week about the talent gap, and here we go into the future, we even have three, four, or five young guys that you know could have potentially been on this team. Uh, even a guy like Max Homa, who's a little bit older, but you know, Max 
everyone loves Max. His game is legit. Um, he's winning with some regularity now. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see if he can continue to make a push. How fun would it be to have him on the team? Mm-hmm. Um, conversely, you just you look at Europe, and I just don't see a lot in the pipeline. Um, you know, coming. Um, you know, you got, I guess you got the Hogard brothers. Um, you know, Alex Fitzpatrick, Matt Fitzpatrick's uh, brother. McIntyre. You know, Robert McIntyre. Um, McIntyre, yeah. I mean, there's not. Um, you know, Sam Horsfield, uh, Thomas Dietrich. You know, there's these guys, but I don't know if any one of these guys is going to scare you. Um, so I, I don't know. The, the long-term viability of the U.S. team just looks very positive going forward. Yeah. Um, but, again, winning in Rome is it's going to be huge. Um so yes. we can we can start the uh, we can start the the two year look ahead already on that one. Um, I don't know about you, Johnny, but I'm ready to talk about some Sanderson Farms. This is what I've been. That's what I thought we were going to talk about when I got on this podcast here. So I'm <laughs> I'm ready to talk some Sanderson Farms championship yeah. here. You, you're like, oh shit, we're we're talking about the Ryder Cup yep. first. Um, what, what, what's that? You know, so we we talk about this a lot. It's 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 one of these fields where you're like, oh, that guy's the favorite, really. Um, but again, just just like two weeks ago at the Fortnite Championship, you know, we had we we had the picks that finished first and second max homa mad mcneely and it's i mean a, a plus six thousand winner i don't see anything different in this field um just the the top is is you know it, there's no heavy hitters really um the guy that's you know 50 to one is not all that different from 20 to one and the guys that are 100 to one are not all that different from the guys that are 50 to one so it's one of those boards where i think you can find some guys that are gonna surprise you and be in contention on sunday that have a big number so it's it's on us to figure out who those guys might be um so country club of jackson is where this this uh this tournament's taking place jackson mississippi that is um Pretty pretty decent length on this course, 7,400 7, yards, almost 7,500 yards, par 72, Bermuda Greens. Um, you know, world-famous architect Mike Gogol um, uh, built this course. I'm, I'm joking about I'm joking about Mike Gogol. Um, course comps um, that I saw here closest to uh, would be Innisbrook. Um, they play the Valspar, um, Quail Hollow a little bit. From what I understand about this golf course, total driving is critical. There's some length, there is some rough, um, but guys that can really drive the ball and um, total ball striking as well. It's kind of a uh, an obvious choice, but when you have these these tournaments that are going to end up near you know 20 under par for a winner, you got to have guys that hit it well. Um, so, with that said, our favorite for the week. Is none other than Sam Burns at plus fourteen hundred. It's got to be a first for him. Uh, Sunjay, Corey Connors, Will Zalatoris right behind him at plus sixteen hundred. I, I I told you earlier today this must be my kind of tournament to have Sam Burns and Corey Connors be the top two favorites. I mean this is just a this is a dream for me. Um, Sergio is is playing this week. He is the defending champion. Uh, plus two thousand. Charlie Hoffman at plus two thousand, 
Um, Tringali, uh, always right in the same space here at plus 2,500. Um, your, your guy, Mito, at plus 2,800. Those are the guys under plus 3,000. Um, first of all, is it, is it going to be a Mito week for you? Everybody's dying to know whether this is a Mito week. And um, it is, in fact, going to be a, a Mito week for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, he did play well at the uh, at the Fortnite Championship. Um, had a legitimate shot to win, uh, at least get into that final pairing on on Sunday. But I think when he hit a hit a ball or two in the in the creek or something like that, um, if, if it, late in the round on Saturday though. So, but overall played played really good at first. You know, two and a half rounds there, and uh, um, didn't have enough. Because uh, Homa played really, really well on the weekend, um, but yeah, I I do like me some Mito uh, this week. I Sam Burns number at plus fourteen hundred. Like I like him this year, and I, I I don't even mind it at this event. But man, that plus fourteen hundred is a, a pretty short number. You got to be pretty convinced that uh, that you know he's going to end up having a good week there. So. I don't know if I could bite on that number that he might end up being a live bet if uh, you know if he's somewhat in contention or if he, you know after a couple rounds there. Um, I'm not surprised at a lot of the the, the first stack of guys. Um, like you said, ball st- or uh, uh, length off the tee is pretty important there. You look at guys like Sergio, who's a you know phenomenal ball striker, long off the tee. Cameron Champ. Uh, who hits a long off the tee? He's won there before, so I think there is a premium on that. And guys, we're going to find a good putting week. So Burns, who's traditionally a good putter, uh, getting better uh, with his iron play. He's not a bad play, but I think at fourteen hundred, I, I might spend my money elsewhere. Um, Will Zalatoris it seems like this could be his week to to um, you know to finally break free and win an event. Um, you know, I think he hits it long enough, hits it well enough. Plus sixteen hundreds, a little on the short side, but it's it, it, you know, obviously better than the, than the fourteen to one that, that Burns is. So the only guy I'm definitely one hundred percent staying away from is is Sergio Garcia because of uh, you know he, he just finished up the Ryder Cup, so had a pretty grueling and uh, week there to play a bunch of matches. That I just don't know. I think he's probably there just to defend, but I don't expect much out of him. Right. I'm with you. I think I think you got to fade Sergio this week. The just the emotional toll the week Ryder Cup takes um, on on a guy is it's a lot to overcome, and then to play a, a tournament basically four days later, it's a lot to ask for for Sergio. Um, I'm with you on Burns. Of course, I love seeing Burns, but you can't cannot bet him at plus 1400 um and, and and really i feel the same way about Corey connors and 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 zalatoris sue at plus 1600 i just i think they're all stayaways for me um you know i i love the ball striking ability of connors and zalatoris i have a lot of questions with their putter both of those guys but numbers just a little short for um connors winning just once and zalatoris not having yet one um if i were to start with anyone, gosh, it's probably not going to be until the next range, actually. I thought about Cameron Trindale, but he, he also just does not win 
at he plus just 2,500. Yeah, he just doesn't win. And he's it feels like he's always in the mix Friday afternoon, Saturday. Um, but, he, you know, you want to take him for a top 10, go ahead. But uh, I just can't can't pull the trigger on Tringali. So my card will be starting at plus 3,000. Um, I've already uh, already locked in Keegan Bradley. Don't uh, do it. Golf tournament. <laughs> I've yeah. already done it. Keegan. Uh, Keegan. Keegan profiles so well for this golf course. Uh, he really, he did. really does. I was looking he, at the strokes gain stuff, and I, I agree with you there. Yeah, yeah. He is um, in the last fifty rounds in this this field. He's first tee to green. Um, he's seventeenth around the green, so he's even getting it up and down. Of course, he's he's in the negative on on the strokes gain putting. We know that, but. This course has rewarded guys that aren't great putters. You look at Sergio, you look at Cameron Champ, um, yep. Carlos, or not, sorry, not Carlos Ortiz. Um, who else? Sebastian Munoz. Munoz, who's, Munoz. Who can be pretty streaky. Yeah, he can be pretty streaky with a putter. Yep. Um, so I, I, I'm just willing to, to hope Keegan has one of those weeks where he's just in the positive because – I trust him, T to Green, really just as much as anyone. And it's unfortunate this guy has been such a bad putter um, in his career. He could, you know, he could have been, I don't know how many wins he has. I think five, you know, he could have doubled that easily in his career. But that's where I'm starting my card. Some other guys around 3,000. We got uh, Seamus Power, Siwoo, um, Cam Davis, Streelman, Harold Varner at plus 35. Uh, Matt Wolf, Carlos Ortiz, and Sebastian Munoz at four thousand. Um, I also love Wolf. I, I I don't know about the form a hundred percent. I just I just go with the talent there. Um, we know what his upside can be, and uh, the golf course seems to to set up well for his game um, just on the surface, um, and. You know, I I don't know. I, I'd have to see when the last time he even played was. I think it was. Did he make? He did make the FedEx Cup. I think he was out the first uh, the first yes. week at Northern Trust. Yes, he made the FedEx yeah, Cup. that's right. Because I had some first round leader bets, and he flamed yeah. out pretty quickly there. Yeah. So, um, anyone uh, in that range for you? Okay. Yeah, I do. I, this is a pretty good range here. I'll I'll again follow up on your Keegan, even though I. I called you out for doing that he also finished tied for fourth here last year in his first event so he's got uh he's got a little bit of course history and what course history has is good um you could probably sprinkle a little bit on a 30 to 1 win but you know plus 275 as a top 10 is not a bad bet either there um it's a couple guys I, I i do like and i will say uh matthew wolf he was gonna be I'm going to bet him in some capacity. He's going to sneak in and play well at some point. Um, maybe he could. I mean, he's got the game that if he just you know puts it all together, he can definitely win. Uh, but if you could get him at you know you give it uh, plus four hundred on a top ten is also pretty good there. So you're kind of going to get. He's like your same as your Seawolf Kim. He, he's either going to play really really well or just you know flame out for that week. So. You know, bet him at your own risk, but the upside on him is so good. A um, couple other guys I liked are uh, uh, Seamus Power. Um, kind of a random-ass name there, but uh, um, 
<laughs> he's played pretty good this most of this summer. So he hasn't he's got no form as of late. I think it's been four or five weeks since he's last played, but I don't love that plus. Well, he plus he, he won the Barbasol though. He did over uh, um, was it Joseph Bramlett, um, but yeah, I mean he's he, he you know he played well this summer. Again, there's not much form to go off of it after the playoffs. Ryder Cup, you know, we're we're, we're not sure who's been practicing and everything like that. But uh, you know, he's, he's had some good finishes there. Another name I like um, is Cameron Davis. Um, one in Detroit. It's been a while since he's played well since then, but hits it long, um, can fit the profile of the golf course pretty well. Um, he's a name that, uh, that, that kind of popped out there. Um, yep. Let's see. Where are we going up to plus like 4,000 or so? Yeah, those are, are going to be my main targets there. I can see Harold Varner. Uh, who's been putting pretty well. He's had some pretty high finishes. I think he played well at the Fortnite. And uh, Kevin Streelman always seems to be around. I don't think I'll bet those guys to win, but I, I'd consider betting them at some sort of high finish or looking at them in matchup betting. I'm, I'm kind of done with Varner. Kind of done. Like, I, I You're kind of done just, with Varner? You know, I, I, I'm so... Yeah, I just don't think I'm going to bet him anymore, like, ever. I just he's kind of got a show he's just so disappointing because... yeah he yeah it's just it's more it's, of a wish I feel like maybe that's it I don't know I, I mean don't know. he was always a decent like first round bet because he could go pretty low but yeah he it just for him to play four rounds I'm not sure if he can you know beat beat a PJ tour field for you know four consecutive yep. rounds there Plus five thousand, and well, there's a lot of guys in here. Um, I'm just going to give you a couple that I like. They're actually both at plus five thousand. Aaron Wise, yikes, uh, the putting on Aaron mm. Wise, but but he is um, he's been pretty good. T to green um, for. A long while, last 50 rounds, he's top 10 in this field. He is such a good ball striker, and he's had some massive difficulties with the putter. He almost won the Honda in the spring, and he really struggled with the putter the final day. He kind of faded, but he had a decent playoffs, and I know for a while there in the playoffs, the only guy I was getting right were my top 20 bets on Aaron Wise. Um, so he finished. <laughs> you remember that? Yes, I do. He, he, he last played the BMW where he finished 17th, top 20 bet. Um, but he, he had a good strung, string of, of made cuts, uh, top 20s, top 30s. I just think in a weaker field, I'll, I'll go for the guy that I can trust to be good tee to green. And then my other guy is maybe a bit of a surprise, but this guy just mashes it off the tee. He gains so much, and if he has just a, a decent uh, week with his irons, um, I think he might contend. It's Taylor Pendrith, he uh, one of the one of the co- the Corn Ferry guys, one of the graduates. Um, but at, at Fortnite, he. He gained four strokes just off the tee alone, but of course he lost five in approach. But he still finished 35th. Um, he gained everywhere else, 
And I'm I'm hoping the approach game at Fortnite was a bit of a uh, anomaly. Um, so I'll go with uh, Wise and Pendrith at fifty to one. Uh, what about you from fifty to seventy? Got anybody there that you like? I see uh, your guy Joseph Bramlin. I you know I, the the three there's three of them that I was gonna I was gonna say is I do I do like that Pendrith. I wouldn't mind him at all. Uh, betting him in some capacity there. Bramlett was another one because he does hit it long. Uh, pretty good tee to green. Um, not a very good putter at all. But uh, again, like you know, we were saying just a few minutes ago that uh, I don't think you have to be a great putter to win this event. And you know, you can always you know maybe you got a hot week there. The other guy, and I just I I will as soon as this podcast will end, I will probably cuss and swear and insult myself. Um, but I'm going to say the name anyways. Creel? No, it's not going to be him. I don't. I, I, I actually never picked that guy. It's really close, though. It's the same type of terribleness. Is Scott Stallings. Just because that guy, just he just clings on to these events and just hangs in there. And he'll, he'll, get, he'll be in the top ten entering Sunday. It's just whether he can shoot... 65 or whether he shoots 73 and you know finishes top 20 but i think there's value do i think he's gonna win no but do i think he's gonna finish pretty high yes and i hate saying that because i just want to be done with scott stallings i just want to be done with him and i don't know why it just you know maybe because i don't like how i liked how he was kind of just that lumpy dude and now he's not at all, yeah. and maybe that's why no, I, I don't know. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's jacked. Job, he really is. Yeah, he yeah, he, he but, played well at Fortnite too. Uh, top ten. Yes, so uh, saying he played either the final group or the second to last group. I think he played with Homa actually in the second to last group there. So he's gonna he's one of those guys that's just gonna hang on, and I don't know if he's good enough to win because like, can he shoot sixty five on Sunday? I don't know about that, but he he grinds it out. And he's one of these guys who's gonna stay on the on the tour for another several years because he's gonna these, these silly season events. He's just gonna, um, you know, he's just gonna finish high enough there. So I think there's value if you can find him. If you like, if you don't mind the top twenty bets, if you know maybe you can sneak into the top ten at plus five hundred. Um, but I think he'll kind of hang around there. So Pendrith, Stallings, and uh, and Bramlett are my my three out of this group. He also plays Tory Pines really well, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. He's been in the mix at well, he's won there, but he's yeah, he's had a, been a contentional lot there. Um, 80, 80 to one to one hundred to one. Um, I see, um, I see Lucas. I see Doug Gim. I'm, I'm not even going to talk about him. I'm just not going to do it. Um, but they do, they do both of them profile well for Sanderson Farms. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to uh, actually John Augustine at a hundred to one. John, uh, he, yeah, he, uh, he showed up at Fortnite. I don't know where he ended up, but he, um, I think he might have finished top fifteen. But uh, pretty young guy out of uh, is it Vanderbilt? Did I get that right? I believe so. Um, Yours, but. Uh, his game seems to be coming around. Um, 
so I'll, I'm going to skip over my normal guys and, and just go to Augustine 100 to 1, probably more along the lines of plus 1,000 for a top 10. And um, I, I talked about this guy as well. Um, well, maybe I didn't. I thought I did. But um, a, a course that is kind of similar was the Barbasol JT Poston. He finished second to your guy Seamus Power there. Uh, at 130 to one, and Poston has played well at this golf course before. He can get red hot with the putter. Um, I know it's not necessarily what we discussed, but I will just gravitate toward that number. Uh, so Poston 130 to one for me. Okay, I I don't mind that. I'm actually kind of surprised he's that far down the list at 130 to one. Yes, I think there's. There's value to throw a very, very small bet on him as a winner because I think that guy, um, I think he's got the game to win the bet. So that's that's an interesting number um, that I didn't actually see because I guess I didn't realize he, he was in the field being that low there. So I, I do like that. Um, God, this is not, this is kind of a tough, tough section here. Um, don't love a <laughs> yeah, lot of these yeah, real in this tough. group. I mean, the first thing I do is always look to see where Brian Stewart. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to pick Brian Stewart. <laughs> I did I'm see just, I'm, I did I'm see not going to pick Jeff Brian Stewart. Um, where's the guy's name here? Okay. I don't know. This is, would be a strictly a system play. Um, Adam Svensson is oh. at 130 to 1. And he's he shows really really good on his tee to green uh, strokes gain, and I don't know if I would bet him, but the number fit up there pretty good. I think he was top ten in ball striking, wow. top ten in okay. tee to green, and he's one of the worst putters in the field. So you know, there you go. But I'm going to say the name. Adam Svensson a couple times because if, if and when he finishes well, oh. we could say, "Oh yeah, we said it on the podcast," you know. So, um, <laughs> I did not expect that name to come out of anyone's mouth. Today, I so. I just happened to be looking at the, uh, the the strokes game thing that uh, that you know website that we were looking at, and I was like, "Oh, this guy's pretty pretty high up there." I don't know who he is, so it would like I said, it would strictly be your system play there. So, I really also wanted to say Doug Gim. I, I keep wanting to, but yeah. I, at some point we got to be like, you know, it's just, it's just not going to happen. And another guy I really want to root for here is Steven Yeager, who played well in the Corn Ferry Finals. Um, I mentioned him for the Fortnite, and he was awful. So I, I, I think he's, I, I think I wanted to pick him so bad, but I won't. What do you think of Matt Wallace though? I, yeah, I think he yeah. his his ball striking across, and I know he hasn't played a ton, but he's he's a good player, and he didn't get picked for the Ryder Cup team, so he's not that good of a player. But yeah, I don't know his his yeah, numbers his, his numbers are really solid across the board. Really top fifty and and everything in this field, top twenty ball striking. I I just feel like I haven't seen him do anything in quite a while. Um, okay, and you remember digressing just briefly here about Matt Wallace. You remember how we, who did we pick as first round leader for? I believe it was the RSM Classic, and Matt Wallace was 
uh, had to make bogey on the last hole or something like that for us to win a pretty big first round lead bet. And he knocks it in oh the water god. and then hits it to about a foot and makes par or something, something like that. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that was like I'm last still I'm I, still I, not happy about that. I'm, I'm I think I'm, yeah I remember now I don't remember who we bet but I remember he yeah he got us on that one but yeah his form hasn't been good. Last top ten was Quail Hollow in May. Um, really just hasn't yeah, played that yeah, much. It hasn't played much on the PGA Tour, really. The last few months, it's been mostly Euro stuff. But yeah, he's got the he's got the upside. I guess I could see that. I don't, you know, I I was looking below 130 to one. I don't really have anyone else to talk about. There's just a lot of just garbage down here, to be honest. Uh, I'm sad to see Doc Redman has fallen to 150 to one, but can't put any faith in him right now. Ryan Moore is down here at 180 to one. His game is not where it used to be as well. Um, I talked about Trey Mullinex last or two weeks ago at Fortnite. He's at 200 to one uh, plus 1600 for top 10 top 20 would he probably be about plus 800. I guess you could go there with, with something like that. Hayden Buckley, my guy that lost the Kucher bet to Zach, he's down here. Um, <laughs> I don't know anything about Hayden Buckley. Davis Riley, um, you know, I'll probably put a first-round bleeder bet on him, and, and that's it because of his upside, but I don't think he's ready to win. Uh, but first-round leader would be fun on Riley for sure. Um, that's that's probably all I got. Yeah, I don't, I don't really trust any of these guys at all to I mean, essentially to make the cut. I mean, because, yeah, you just look at, there, there's nothing that, you know, there's just nothing that jumps out been, been like, hey, this guy has shown somewhat average form, you know, in the past couple of months here, and there, there really hasn't. But, yeah, Davis Riley, um, I know he's been a first-round leader before um, at an event, and I'm sure his uh, first-round lead number is going to be, uh, you know, really, really good. So he might be worth a a small amount there. Um, but yeah, there's really nothing that, that you can really trust. And, and a lot of these, the, the good thing about this though, is, is even though we're not bringing up any names, um, if you see guys playing well, they're still going to have pretty long odds, even if they shoot up the board in the first day, uh, two to three days. So you still should be able to bet them live, bet them if you feel comfortable with it. But even then, I, I, I I don't think we're going to see anybody, of note here that's going to contend in here. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair bet. Uh, yeah, Davis Riley, 150 to 1, first round later. Ooh, um, I like that. We'll, yeah, I like that too. All right, Johnny, I think that wraps it for the Ryder Cup review and, of course, the Sanderson Farms preview. Uh, appreciate you joining. Yeah, thanks. And uh, um, hopefully we'll uh, get another winner here and Good luck to everybody on their bets. Yeah, two in a row would be cool. Uh, two two winners in a row would be would be nice. Let's see if we can hit another outright winner. Uh, appreciate everyone listening. Check out our best bets on Wednesday on Facebook and Instagram, and uh, have an NFL show later this week. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.